Yeah, I mean, the problem is as well, like, I hate to do this thing of like, like, like I've worked normal, like, everyday jobs, you know, like, before as a journalist, I was like laboring on a building site, I was working in like warehouses, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and that's same. hard fucking work. You, yeah, 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 like, yeah, you know yeah. it, right? It's hard work. Yeah. So I hate to be like, yeah, this is so hard. Like, my arty journalistic self in my little office in my house. <laughs> but it is hard in a different way. It's kind of exhausting because at least when you're done laboring, you come home and you can just fucking zone out. Whereas with this work, I can't zone out, man. You know what I'm saying? But but it, it doesn't really matter because, I mean, I shouldn't complain. Like, I'm doing, like, what I work towards and what I love doing. But it, but there is, I think when I started Popular Front, I was like, right, work flat out for three hours, uh, three hours, work flat out for three years, like 12 hours a day, no breaks, no time off, non-stop working. This will never burn me out. And now I'm fucking exhausted. So I, I guess the burnout is real, you know? That's a, that's a really good point. I mean, yeah, I've worked in warehouses, done manual labor, I've, you know, was a repair person for like 10 years. Um, yeah. and, and it is it is a weird thing, like, you know, because it's the constant discursive nature of what you do. You're constantly in communication with people. And it's like, you don't even fucking see these people. And that is where the burnout really gets to me. Because sometimes it's like, mm. you know, you get sick of hearing your own thoughts inside your head. Exactly that, exactly that. that I, is, you know what I really hate? Like, I get sick of hearing my own voice because I edit the podcast myself, like all same. of my podcast projects, I edit them myself. And I just, I if I know I haven't like completely fucked up a question, which is most of the time now, like it's fine. I just kind of, I just don't even listen. I just look on the thing where my bit ends and skip to the guest because I just, I can't stand it, you know? And, and it's got to the point where like people ring me and I'm like, I don't want to talk on the phone. And they're like, why? It's like, all I do all day is talk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like at the moment, you know, because obviously COVID and that, I've been mostly just kind of focusing on the podcast projects. And yeah, it's tiring, man. It's tiring. But it's it's still like at the end of the day, it's a great, I love what I'm doing. Don't get me wrong. It's just the kind of surprised, I was surprised at the burnout you do get in a different way, you know? I mean, it it's... It's definitely real. And I think when a lot of people start this kind of stuff, it's like, it really is an endurance contest. Like, it's like, how many episodes can you get through to make it through the year? Because, you know, if you're editing two hour podcasts at a time, two hour interviews, like twice a week, which is what I do, you know, and what, what you do, it's like, you hear your own voice constantly. You're in this constant voice. And then that voice carries over. And then the control society stuff of them, like it starts to put that pressure on you as well. And so mm. it's a fucked up, I mean, it's fucked up. Don't get me wrong, like I love it, but it's definitely like a kind of thing that you, you have to get used to and then you get used yeah, to the exactly. burnout too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a new thing to get used to, yeah. Like I'm not moaning and whining, but it was, it was something I didn't expect, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned that Popular Front is fully independent and you've rejected sponsorships and mm -hmm. you know corporate money and i think that's that's a good thing you know because a lot of people they won't do that and it kind of shows that you obviously have skin in the game yeah i mean well we do have sponsorships but we have the deal of like it's only like ethical you know like we're not having no you know like i always use the example like philip morris you know the cigarette company they tried to sponsor us quite early on and, you know, it was at the time, it was a lot of money for me because I was broke when I started it. 
But I was like, nah, like, fuck that. I'm not having Philip Morris. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kids, go and get vapes. And, you know, this is who gave half the world cancer. Like, no, you know, so I won't do that. And I'm not going to do like something that's, I'm not going to be like, right, like, here's a new mattress. Like, I, I have nothing wrong with people that do that. And I might start another project where I do. But for Popular Front, because of what we cover and how we cover it, I was like, you know what? This has to stay completely pure of that. You know what I mean? So yeah, we we have no corporate. We don't. We you know we've had venture capital firms try to invest. I've said no every single time. Um, we've even had people say like, hey, like we'll buy it out. You'll own twenty percent. It's like absolutely not. Like you know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I, it's it's my baby if you like. You know what I mean? So I'm not doing that. And and yeah, I, I think again, it's not exactly like I said to you before we spoke on this. It, it's not exactly it's not 100% political or ideological. A lot of it is just kind of like I've seen, it's from experience where I've seen like big money come in and ruin um, or at least like drastically change a project, you know, i.e. when HBO bought out Vice News. Um, I was working there at the time and, you know, I didn't like how that happened. And I've seen how that can corrupt everything and just take away the essence of it. And I know that a lot of the appeal of Popular Front for a lot of people is that like we are completely independent we do not have any shareholders we have you know it's just me and a lim my limited company and my tax that i pay you know in the patreon yeah. so you know it, that is great but then there is another side to it which which recently is like patreon's a hard model you know because yeah. um <laughs> you know you basically have to be constantly con you can't take a you can't take a week off really you can't because at the end of the day, I feel like I owe it. You know, these people believe in me. They're investing in me and being like, yeah, I like Popular Front enough to support it. And they do get, you know, we have quite a, anyone will ask you, like people say it's one of the best kind of, you know, you get the most value for your money on the, on the, on the Patreon there. But at the same time, it's like, that means for me now that I can't stop because I owe them, you know what I mean? Which is yeah. not a bad thing, but it's just a new, a new working environment that is very fascinating, actually, if you look at it, especially within the kind of context of media on how things are changing. And I think in the me independent media is becoming a lot bigger. Um, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting working relationship. One that I wouldn't say is it's neither good nor bad. It just is. It's just a new one. You know, it's new and I like it. Yeah, no, I 100% I agree. It is that thing, though, where you, you really can't take a week off. And, you know, you try to yeah. explain that to people and it's it's really hard for people to sort of like wrap your head around. It's like I, on one hand, it's like, is this an internal pressure? But it's like you said, it's like you want to make people happy, like you want to give them value because they they believe in you. And one of the things about, you know, staying independent, because I've actually weirdly had people try to buy out my thing and. You know, it, it was really it's a really weird situation because a lot of these people, they have like a certain kind of political alignment. And for me, I guess you could say it is partially political because I sort of prize myself as being somebody who I'll criticize things if I think it's cap. I don't really care which side it is. And, Same, yeah. and, and so it you know, I've been very cri critical of like the whole crypto movement as as something that I think, you know, doing my research into it, it's something that I think presents itself as something other than it actually is like it's not actually decentralized at all you know you're actually just moving all all finance onto a digital ledger that can basically be further controlled but yeah i mean that's neither here nor there but yeah no i mean because if you do stay in this neutral territory it's like people get pretty pissed because they're like well what are you are you a nihilist do you not like take one side or another it's like no 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 it's that you start to see that these narratives once they get established they become very easily corruptible and mm. they become their own mm. kind of echo chamber 
Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And I, I would say as well, I feel like I've put myself in a really bad corner in some ways financially um, by being kind of like you know, a popular front people always presume we're leftists or whatever. Or well, I say that we've got some people that claim we're fucking right wing, which is so far from the truth. Um, but but the idea is, you know, we've always just said, or I've always just said, the only real political alignment popular front has is anti-authoritarianism. Right. Now, authoritarianism is on every spectrum of I down, agree. left, right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, but with, that's kind of put us in a bad in a bad corner because, well, like I say, financially, like, you know, if, if I suddenly rebranded Popular Front as like this kind of leftist haven and, you know, utopia and everything that is left is good and everything that is right is bad, then I would probably make a hell of a lot more money. I mean, you know, I mean, look yeah. at people like Chapo, you know, and all that shit. I've if thought you align that same with, thing. Right, I, if you align with one side. Shit. Yeah, yeah, has, yeah. Has, because has, people don't really want a kind of polarized view. A lot of people just want like a little tap on the back. Well done. What you thought you thought was right. And we're going to clarify why you're right. Whereas I think with Popular Front, we're just going like, look, this is happening. Firstly, I tell this to a lot of people, like we're not a politics podcast really, or well, Popular Front isn't just a podcast. I mean, it's a lot more than that. Now we do documentaries as a whole platform, but we're not a politics platform. We do war and conflict. Now, yes, obviously endemically, like politics is always involved in war and conflict, but we're very at the front of this stuff. You know, we go to these places. I've been on the front line of like however many wars and the politics doesn't play a part as much as people think. And what doesn't play a part, absolutely never, I have never experienced it on the front line, is internet politics. So right. a weird <laughs> example of this, right? When we I went to Hong Kong, me and uh, Luke Pierce, cameraman, works for Popular Front, and we went to Hong Kong and we were filming with the, you know, the, the uprising of the, the youth there against like the CCP. Now, the CCP is, you know, is objectively authoritarian. I don't care right. what political stripe you are. You know, to deny that is to deny facts. I yeah. mean, they're openly, you know, like this fucking hellscape of authoritarianism for some people. So, what you know, we were, Tibet is just unreal. It, yeah, it's just uh, it's, mad. It's, you know, and the Uyghurs yeah, and. Yeah. We but anyway, that. that was beside the point. We're filming with these youth and they're rising up and they're like, clearly they knew they weren't going to win as well. They were like, we just have to do something. And then I had all these communists, like hardcore, I, I've, you know, I've got communist friends. I'm not against communists per se, but I had all these communists like commenting like, fuck popular front. They're aligning with the neoliberal agenda. And it's like, what do you think is going on in these places? Do you think these people give a shit about yeah. your stupid <laughs> online political circle jerk? You know, if you say to these kids that are uh, like, why are you fighting? They're like, we don't want the CCP to be authoritarian against us. And if you would, I didn't even bother because it's pathetic. But if you just said to them, some people online are calling you. If I said to one guy, I said, some people online are calling you like fascists, whatever and he just laughed he was like oh okay like we're not that's it and it's yeah. like yeah like in real life <laughs> these kids lives are at risk you think they care about some angry political group you know it's the yeah. same with the right wing they do the exact same um and it's just that to me is tiring so i've made an effort to remove i mean i read it all as i see it online all the time but i generally just ignore it because in you know in the real world people are not they don't give a shit you know nor should they, nor should they. Yeah, no, I mean, when you have a bomb dropped on your head, you know, all this, you know, stuff goes out the window. It's it's very easy to, conce exactly. to conceptualize the stuff. But, you know, how often do you go to the front lines of these conflicts? You know, during the initial George Floyd protests, like I tried to go to every single one that I could. And I, I tried to go to like all the QAnon rallies that I could. Like I like to see what is actually going on, especially mm. just you know, in terms of like America 
and what's actually taking place on the ground. I think that's really important. And I, I, I don't think enough people do that. So how often do you, do you go to, you know, because you covered the conflict in Ukraine? Man, that's a good question. I mean, I think as well, like, just, just, just to say, like, I think, like, I'm not saying everyone has to go out there. It's like, no, of course not. But at least, at least consider listening to people that do, you know what I mean? It's like, Jesus. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been quite regular. I mean, I start first time I went to come, like went to a proper war. I think I was like 24, I think. So 2014. And I went to Iraq when I went to quite near to Mosul at the time when it was being, you know, when mm. ISIS had it, you know, they had it under control. Um, but yeah, man, well, I've covered Iraq, Ukraine, um, almost all parts of Kurdistan, apart from in Iraqi Kurdistan, uh, sorry, Iranian, Iranian Kurdistan. Um, uh, I, I went to yeah, Palestine, um, yeah, man, all over the place. Uh, Armenia recently went to Artsakh, Nagorno-Karabakh, like covered oh, wow. a lot of conflicts, man. Yeah, like a lot, a lot, a lot in, in like what probably like 10 years I've been doing this now. Um, and it's been great, you know, it's been a really interesting thing, especially to see like war in different cultures and what have you, you know, it's all... It's all very different, but at the same time, it sometimes becomes all quite similar as well. It's it's a funny one. It's hard to explain. Are, is there something about conflict reporting that is there like a preconception about it that people just they have, but they're not? What's something about it that people wouldn't necessarily assume? Um, <clears throat> that's a good question. I think people think often that war is nonstop hectic, where often it's quite. Like you'd use, well, a lot of reporters, especially conflict reporters, say, oh, war is boring. I don't find it boring. Even in the like down times when nothing is happening, I find it really interesting because just to be in a, a place where, you know, the status quo has been flipped on its head or the status quo is war, even that's also equally interesting. I like just observing, watching, talking to people, you know, getting food, you know, have a tea, have a coffee, like things like that just, just fascinate me because the way that people live when they're in war, you know, is just so interesting. Um, so that to me is interesting, but yeah, I guess the point is like a lot of it is just waiting around, you know, like the kind of, kind of cliche, but a lot of it is sat there drinking tea and smoking cigarettes for hours and hours and hours waiting to get something. And then when it happens, obviously you're not going to include three hours of sitting around doing nothing in your documentary. Like it's not dishonest. It's just, no one wants to see that, <laughs> you know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's pointless. Yeah. so obviously you show because the reason you're there is to show, look, there is an ongoing battle and to contextualize why these people are saying this, why these people are fighting. Um, that, that is like a kind of misconception. Another miss, I wouldn't say a misconception, but a thing I've seen recently. So there's other kind of, you know, independent conflicts, platforms out there and a lot of them i have like a lot of them are great but a lot of them have i see people they'll go to a clash film the clash and then interview nobody and that to me blows my mind it's like do you think that's all that matters if you do think that's all that matters you need to get out of this game that's just war porn like there's no point just doing right. oh look somebody clashes well why are they clashing why are they fighting what are they angry about there's no point in you going there and then doing a bit of vo over the top you're just some like you know, weird kind of anthropologist then. You you know, you're meant to be a reporter. You're meant to find out from people, you know. And I mean, we've been to places um, where we just couldn't get an interview. Like we went to Northern Ireland this year again to try and film the the loyalists because um, they were kind of been having some serious upsets against against Britain, actually, ironically enough, even though they're, you know, British loyalists. Um, or think they are or whatever they align to. But um, 
Yeah, so so we went there and we filmed a bit and there wasn't really much going on actually and then there wasn't much clashes. But someone from up top, you know, the whole area is kind of run by paramilitary groups. They'd kind of said, don't talk to the press or whatever. So we didn't get anything. So we didn't put anything out. You know, it was like, wow. okay, that's it. It's just, there's no point just going, look what they're doing. Like that to me is just, I don't know. I think that's, you know, not there to be voyeuristic. You're there to report. Um, so that's not really a misconception, I guess, but that is something that, a misconception of people that think that's all it takes, you know. And I do get a lot of people that message me and are like, hey, man, I'm going to do what you do. Um, like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And sometimes I feel like, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> as if as if it's that easy, you know what I mean? Not to yeah. say that what I do is incredibly hard, but it's not that easy. And sometimes I feel a little bit like tetchy. I'm like, all right, okay. Like, well, if you think it's that simple, like the, just the way some people come to you is just like, Hey man, got a camera, getting a flight out by like, I'm going to do what you do. And I think, well, uh, you know, it's about 10 years doing this. There's a whole network that I've got from doing this, you know, from on the ground stuff as well. It's not just messaging on the internet and whatever. So, uh, you know, I think again, I guess, I guess my answer is there's a, there's a misconception that it's as simple as just getting a camera and going there, which to get started, maybe it is, but is, uh, you know, that is not, that's learning. That's not running a whole thing, you know? Right. Yeah, no, definitely. And I wanted to bring up occultism because we, we talked yes. a little bit about this. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've listened to your uh, interview with the Oni, the O9A member who is anonymous. Yep. And I have to say, like, honestly, like reading through some of this stuff, reading through some of this, like, misanthropic luciferian order stuff that we were talking about in 09a mm. order of the nine angles like it almost seems like comedy postmodernism to me like I, I listen to these guys talk and you know when he talks about like you know human sacrifice and then you bring up this point is like well you don't really sacrifice he's just like well yeah it's rhetorical part of me is just like wanted to laugh because he's got that like mm -hmm. dracula you know that transylvania voice like so how much yeah, of this really stuff did, yeah. is like real and how much of it is a joke to me because i think chaos magic is legitimate like i i literally do think that there is some some value to that but most of yeah, it i'm well, just well it's funny, yeah. I mean, the weird thing with me in occultism is, um, whilst it's something I'm, you know, after war, it's probably the second most thing I'm probably most interested in, in terms of like my work, actually, like it's becoming that way, or even as a personal interest. But it's not like, I'm not like a guy out doing, I'm not saying I'm like, a, I'm not doing practices in the forest or anything, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not yeah, like yeah. a practicing occultist or anything. I'm just very interested in it. And I don't know. It's, you know, my whole career has been focused on kind of the darker side of life and, you know, occultism is exactly that. And, you know, at risk of making myself sound like a, a maniac, you know, like I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not religious, but I'm certainly not an atheist. I believe there's something and I just believe, you know, it's, I think it's arrogant for humans to even claim to know what it is. You know, like I don't think there's any concept of what it is. It's not solid. It's not liquid. It's not gas. It's just something beyond our understanding. You know what I mean? Right. I've said it before, but the kind of the um, the concept of try and imagine a new color that no one has ever seen. That's, you just cannot do it. It's impossible. Every color is mixed of a color you've seen. So, you know what I mean? Whatever God is, it's that concept to me. It's just something beyond our belief. Or maybe there's nothing. I, I'm perfectly willing to accept that as well. Like, I'm not scared of that idea. But I do think, you know, just from certain things in my life and, and certain things I've experienced, nothing like spiritual or anything like that. Just, you know, just the love you have for somebody in your family that you like deeply love. That to me is like, 
it's just otherworldly almost. You know, I don't believe that that is, well, it's just the chemicals going around in your brain. Like, okay, then why are they there? Why do they do that? You know, because often yeah. love hurts you. It doesn't help you. It doesn't help you survive, you know? So that to me just says there's something. So anyway, my, my long way of coming around to it is like, when I look into the occult stuff, like I think, you know, 99.9% .9 of it, it's like, yeah, it's just some guy on a grift and they've made it up or it's whatever. But then there's a part of where I'm like, I mean, there's forces out there you don't know about, nobody knows about. Like, I mean, who fucking yeah. knows? You know, like maybe someone will pick up the one where it's like, oh, you know, that's real. But I don't know. I think that side of it is what interests me because that I know is what other people feel as well when they're looking into it. So when they go into the darkest parts of it, like with the Order of Nine Angles, as you just mentioned, some of them are using that, you know, like 1% that perhaps I said is there of maybe what if, and then they're turning it into 100% belief, you know, like some of them are fully involved. And there is an element to the darkest parts of like the Order of Nine Angles and other dark left-hand path of cult groups that is kind of, it does man in a real way. Now, I don't mean it's magic, it's not magic, it's not a force, but what it is, is, for example, they will look at, um, you know, like gore and try and make themselves kind of immune to caring about that. They want to make themselves above morals. They, they have no moral understanding. They don't care. So if you if you can become like that, in my opinion, you almost become non-human in the sense of you've you've destroyed on purpose. You've tried to remove the things that make us different from you know like a shark trying to eat you in the sea you know right. like it, it's like it's like they're making themselves amoral they're trying to make themselves into kind of like psychopaths but with feelings the purposeful kind of implementation of psychopathy like i know it's bad and i actually am so above it that i enjoy it that is it I, and i understand that this isn't just me talking out my ass i've read a lot into one on a through my work and i know that some of them do see it as that for example, this kind of Noctulian idea they have where it's you become this alien type thing. A lot of them don't believe you're actually becoming an alien, but it's like you become alien to the human, your general human, you know, person. You, you're general, you're different to your average man and woman on the street because your ideas of what is disgusting are completely in their head, completely elevated above these people. They're so above them. To me, I find... I think you're below that. I think if you you have you lack empathy, you're just you're just useless. You're terrible. But they see it as the other way. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so that's that. Do you get what I'm saying? Does that yeah, make yeah, sense? Yeah, like yeah. It, it, yeah, there's like a physical, almost a physical, like an actual real life manifestation there for them to to work towards. And that is more real and more powerful in some ways than you know religion because religion is be good, be this, be that. That follows the rules essentially. You know, we all really live in a kind of a lot of the rules are, are kind of made up from a religion somewhere along the line. Not that you need religion to be moral, but you know what I mean. Um, and, and so some of these are like, right, we can completely go against that and therefore become, you know, kind of like the Hitler vibe of like Ubermensch, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it does, it's, it's ironic because, you know, a lot of them are Nazis, a lot of them love Hitler. Um, and some of them it's because, you know, they're fucking horrible fascists, but some of them it's because, right, that's the nastiest thing. Well, let me become in tuned with that because it's so against normal moral behavior that I am now the beast, you know, I am the beast, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very theoretical, but it, it has some, and I can understand it to agree to a degree, but it's also like, 
agey teenager shit on steroids. You know what I mean? Right. But to answer your question, there has been um, human sacrifices. So I think there was two or maybe three, we're not sure at the minute, uh, this year in Russia. And by all accounts, from what we've said, even the authorities have said that the, the people involved were 09A and they they sacrificed um, two of their friends, like in an, not just like, oh, we killed them because of a fight. Like they lured them to the forest and did it as a part of like a sacrificial killing. Um, it's very interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. I, well, you, you brought up a lot of really good points. The thing about it though, that almost seems like, I don't want to say comical, but you know, it's like with a lot of this left-hand path, occultist Gnosticism stuff, it's like this whole concept of making yourself in inhuman. Like uh, to me, it's almost like we live in this sort of like the whole neoliberal psychological state is basically this low vibrational Gnostic conversion therapy already to basically objecthood or inhumanism itself. So one of the things that I think about is what differentiates that from the kind of status quo that's being fed to us constantly? Because, you know, like I I have a bit of a, I don't want to say anti-capitalist angle on things, because I don't, I don't know what capitalism is anymore, but we'll just say neoliberalism for, for lack of a better word. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there is like a psychological disposition that Gnosticism and Catharism and all of these things, they follow, they almost like follow this internal logic of capital. And it would, and it's, to me, it almost seems like if you're trying to make yourself as evil and as immoral as possible, I mean, a great allegory for, you know, Satanism for Satan was actually written in that book, Cyclonopedia about, you know, the oil and gas basically being Ariman and, and, and how, it, when it was excavated, you unleash this sort of satanic left-hand Gnostic entity onto the world, you know, that sort of became this demi, this Promethean demiurge. And so, yeah. so, to, so in a lot of ways, it's almost like, I actually don't see that as a rebellion against the kind of order things are now, which is almost why like I see it as as a larp or something. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I hear what you mean. I think I think that the issue is though that you can, you know, you can interpret anything like that, you know. Like yeah. you could say, I mean what you said there is an interpretation is is completely logical in the sense of being um like a metaphor, right, for like the devil or whatever. But at the same time, it's like, well, these people ne- don't necessarily see, like they they don't they don't really care about the capitalist yeah. world yeah. like that. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's yeah. more local. It's more. It's just more selfish. It's more. You know, for example, there's a lot of these O nine A people. Not all of them, as they always mention, and that is true. Like, and fuck them all because I hate them. But like, just to be fair, like, not all of them. But there is quite a strong element of pedophilia involved and child abuse involved with O9A people. It's in circles in people that have, um, you know, people that are involved in it. And, you know, the yeah, O9A say we, Long. Right, who is, you know, David Myatt, this former neo-Nazi turned jihadist turned occultist, whatever. Yeah, David Myatt um, is really strange character i mean he kind of looks like you know like a hobbit or something like that yeah yeah he's so weird but like but there's a lot of you know there's a lot of um these kind of pedo groups within and and, you know the 
oh, no, and I will say, no, that's actually nothing to do with it. We never preach that. And if you look into their archives, like, you know, David Meyer himself, like, literally wrote, like, what is essentially kind of like a perverted, you know, paedophilic kind of fan fiction in one of his weird occult magazines. Uh, you know, Onane has a lot of very dodgy stuff in their magazine, Fenrir, kind of touching on that, you know, like very close to the close to the edge of that paedophilic, you know, almost fetishism. Like it's just it just makes me sick to think of. But, you know, they, they've always been kind of touching on that. And that has been, been because it's like, well, oh, that's taboo. That's the most taboo thing. So therefore, we don't even care about that, you know. But like, that's we don't the thing. Is it is it taboo? Like that's the this is like the whole thing that I bring I up. Mean, is I mean, I fucking like, hope so. I, I, oh, I <laughs> it mean, is in my country. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it's taboo. But I mean, let's look at the Catholic Church. I mean, and let's look at the imperial like. Right, but it, it's seen generally as a scandal, right? Very few yeah, people are going, yeah, are oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's I'm fine. Pro, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's that. I mean, I know what you mean. It's like as common as fucking anything. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's pedophilia involved in every religion in, a, in such a horrible way. They're in every aspect of society. But I think their thing of like, well, we're, we're kind of embracing it. Um, to be honest, I, like, I was telling you, I think that I've been, I've been doing some new research on a, on a kind of O9A affiliated online group. And they're not only embracing it, they're trying to kind of indulge in it they're trying to get young girls to abuse themselves like cut themselves based mm. on this the just the darkest shit you've ever seen so it's like whilst at some degree I, I get what you mean like oh they're kind of laughing but it's like then they're, they're not as well because they're gone to new new degrees of just degradation and just the most disgusting things you can imagine and they're reveling in it and they're doing it because of some fucked up ideas they have now i think a lot of them are do are kind of using the O9A ideology is like, well, I'm a fucked up piece of shit anyway. Now here's something that's told me that's okay. It's not like right. O9A turned them, but in turn <laughs> yeah, when they yeah. all get together, they all kind of, you know, the filth gathers and everybody gets covered in the filth. If you know what I'm saying, like they, they do it like that. So it's the darkest, one of the darkest things, you know, in that sense, because it's like that does make it dark. Like it really gets into it. You know what I mean? It really gets into the nasty places. It's not just PDFs on the Internet. You know what I'm saying? That's actually a really interesting point, because one of the there's this one group. I'm not going to I don't have to mention names, but there is basically a group on the Internet which, you know, was grooming girls and discords and, and stuff like that. But it was basically a, a format of far right Kaliuga accelerationism. And I actually yeah, interviewed yeah. interviewed the the leader of this group. It was actually the last interview they, they ever did. Wait, 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 what is it? You can't say the name of it? Kaliak. Kaliacc. Kaliak, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know about this group. I know about this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that's evolved in something else as well. I've been, yeah. I mean, I've basically been been following them for a while because at first I was like, is this aesthetics? Is this real? Like, do do we really know what this is? And I think Discord is actually. In terms of a technological means, I think it's incredibly dangerous in a lot of ways. Not just it keeps people locked in this endless sort of like online discourse and gossip. And I, and in a lot of ways, I think Discord, uh, Discord is just really toxic in general. But you start mm. to see the way these like backspaces operate. And there's definitely like, you know, it, it, it starts off really interesting. And then you start to like see what happens later. And again, like this, a lot of this is speculative. So don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying I have no idea how people are just managing to do this. And I think it's 
it's just people are are so alienated and they're so atomized and isolated from each other that they just it, it goes on. Yeah, and also I think that Kerliak specifically, that is again, that was kind of linked to 09A type stuff, you know, especially like Atomov and kind of making 09A big. Um, you know, Atomov and the, the far right uh, Nazi group. Uh, terrorist group, whatever. Um, them kind of bringing it big and put the gave a rebirth to like you know esoteric Nazism, um, dark occultism, yeah, Savitri um, and Devi. that kind of stuff. Savitri Devi, exactly. Uh, Miguel Serrano, like yeah, that kind of brought all that back into the. I don't want to say like into the mainstream, but it certainly. I, I remember reading about this stuff ten years ago. I've been researching on and for ten years, and just when I saw this happening, I had to be like. Am I in a simulation? Like, yeah. It's like the thing that I've been looking for and just finding tiny dregs of it here and there is now suddenly blowing up and like people are getting involved. And it was just, I was like, wow, like this is really out there again. Yeah, it's like people um, are getting involved in Nazi UFOs against the world, the new world order. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, like who the fuck would tour? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah. and it's becoming popular on like underground groups. And it's like that came about and all these groups, I think it just attracted like people that, you know, they wanted a community, but it's it's got everything. It's not just... You know, there's pedos there. There's the depraved people that want to want to prey on young girls. But then there's also aesthetics and a group to be a part of. There's a new group called Cult, like this this basically the kind of Caliacs and spreading further. And I read one thing where their goal is to try and get like a young girl to end up killing themselves due to like blackmail from this group. And I I don't understand. I don't know where it comes from, but I do understand why they end up congregating together under this kind of guise of, you know, like dark arts and stuff. It's because it is dark. It's fucking terrible, but it's interesting. You know, it's definitely interesting for me while my work, I want to stop it. I want to help stop it. You know what I mean? But it's, there's no denying that it's for me anyway. I think the darkest kind of parts of life are very interesting. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people take interest as condoning. Of course not, like no way. But then there's a lot of these groups that, they do condone it as well. People get involved because they want to be involved in it. It's not just like, wow, that's dark. They're like, ah, right. I see. They just see it as another place to exploit people. You know, and when that group dies, they'll just find another one. It's just like, you know, like pedophiles used to, they used, they were more likely to kind of get attached to a kid within their family or whatever. Now they just go online, you know, they will always right. find a way to kind of prey on people. And it's interesting because these groups now, this dark occultist stuff, especially online is now telling them that's good prey on them it's not just oh you're a disgusting pervert it's like well that person's weak so you should prey on them and you know you, you know that's the they're the 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 drones of society like yeah do what you want feast off of them there's the anonymity factor of the internet mm, too that mm. also plays into that i think so so there's this so you're so this cult is basically like what's the name of this again like i've never heard of it the new one I just mentioned? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. So it's it's kind of, it's very underground at the minute. Um, probably shouldn't have mentioned it because I'm doing some work on it, but it's all, I've already kind of, already mentioned it a little bit online. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like Kaliak, but it's gone further. You know, it's gone a lot further. It's just, it's just, you know, I've seen a lot of bad shit in my years reporting and in life, and it's probably the worst shit I've come across so far. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you know about Tumple? Do you remember that whole thing that broke no, out? No, what's that? Oh, this was actually really crazy. I had one of the main members um, who defected, who exited this cult. It was an it was an online internet cult that basically 
rope these young people in. They put them in a cabin. They they force them to wear all white and post on the internet just constantly, 24-7, hardly fed them. Uh, this person who came on the show, you know, he had to drink orange juice mixed with the cum of the cult leader. But basically Jesus it was this u- utopian internet cult that believed that basically like all of society was already a cult. So why don't you just reify it all into a cult? And he basically came up with this. He did some like activism work after, you know, going to, you know, support groups uh, for, for exiting cults. And it was basically like, you know, he started this whole project exposing this cult called Pain Matrix. And he came on the show, like, I think 2020 sometime to talk about this. It was written up in like the Guardian and the New York Post. Mm. And, and it, it got a lot of actually media coverage. But it was funny because like once you start to see how pathetic and how much of a joke this stuff is, even though some of these people do serious stuff, like the thing about Kaliak, it, it really is mostly aesthetic. Like there really wasn't. Like I've done a lot of research. I've talked to people a lot uh, about this stuff. Like it really was mostly aesthetic, but there are some things like Tumple was a legit closed control cult. And the way that they, everyone had to wear Air Force Ones also, which was really weird. Kind of like Heaven's Gate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It it was- I mean, they wore Jordans, I think, but yeah, it's a similar vibe, right? Yeah, where like Nike was seen as this like high ideal to sort of reach, you know, white Nikes or something like that. But yeah, no, mm-hmm. it's it's really weird. And, I, you know, you start to think like, especially with lockdowns, people becoming more and more isolated. Like I thought there would be this sort of like new mystical turn, but you start to see actually the language of the metaverse and you know, a lot of this online stuff, you know, there's all this stuff about like Christianity and God posting and stuff. I think a lot of it serve to be codified by this narrative of the metaverse and of meta itself. So I think the way people are sort of like ironically leaning into this stuff is actually, you know, created a meta, a, a sort of like new internet online metaphysics that actually just further takes us away from any kind of source. Mm. Yeah, and I think as well, like people are. People, there's two problems. There's the problem where this online cult stuff is not taken seriously enough because people have this thing of like, well, it's online, it can't be a cult. Like that's that's a really old fashioned way of looking at it. Right. Um. If you if people live online, then they can have a cult online, you know. And secondly, there's this this kind of like like longing for something new amongst people. I mean, as much as. I probably sound like a a five pint philosopher right now. It doesn't matter. Like as much as this whole technology and social media and the metaverse and whilst it's kind of being pushed as a good thing, just the, the natural human soul knows it isn't. I, I know people that are like addicted to Instagram. They live their lives on them. And if you talk to them, they'll even be like, yeah, this, this shit is terrible. Like they, everyone kind of knows, you know what I mean? It's just not normal. We're not meant to live like this. Um, well, not meant to, but I, I don't know. It's just, it just, it's too much now. I really believe it's too much. It's overwhelming. I was saying to a friend literally last night, like the next Einstein has probably already been born and just missed every opportunity to to fulfill their kind of um, destiny because I don't believe in destiny, but you know what I mean? They f- didn't fulfill their abilities because they just scrolled it away. Like, I really believe there's like, you know, like the cure for cancer right now could just be getting scrolled away. Like a kid that, 
had the social media not been so prevalent in his life or her life, they would have gone, hmm, let me pick this book up or let me learn this, let me learn that. Instead, they became an influencer or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, you know, we don't know the level of um, kind of human, um, like, uh, like ingenuity being lost just from people wasting time. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people recognize that it is wasting time. A lot of it is wasting time. And in some ways, not saying that, you know, you need religion or spirituality, but when that, when there is that kind of gap inside that a lot of people are recognizing, you know, it's, it's uh, something else takes hold. And when these groups are out there, they, they, they prey on that, you know, unfortunately, I think we shouldn't be pushing this idea that like, oh, it's great to be on social media. And it's like, no, oh, go outside, fucking do something, you know? I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I use social media for my job a lot. I'm not saying we don't need it. I'm not saying we shouldn't have it. And it's been very lucky for me to have, you know, it's been lucrative even, you know, I get to spread my stuff out there and, and do bigger projects, but it's just becoming so infested, you know? And I really, I just think there's a problem with that. And like I said, it's not just that. There's many different things. There's a problem of like the Overton window has been, you know, smashed to bits, whether that's because of, you know, the rise of the right wing or whatever. I don't know. I guess it is. But there's just so many different factors that are making this kind of fertile ground for kind of lost teenagers, you know, of which there are so many. And it's it's not like, you know, back in the day, they'd be like, oh, there's a group and you'd see it on the news and like we, you see them on their streets with their crazy spiky hair. And it's like, no, that's, that's fine. But you don't even see them now. You know what I mean? You can't, you don't know what your yeah. kids are doing. Some people don't, you know, they could be just, Oh, hi, I'm just going to go and, you know, chat to my friends online and they could be, you know, participating in the most fucked up cult shit ever. You know, we've seen it when we were some of the stuff, when I was doing my investigations into um, Atomov and this Nazi group, some yeah. of them, the parents were like, what the fuck? Like I had no idea that their kid yeah. was like, you know, a kind of quasi commander of a cell of like what was literally a terror group. So yeah, man, it's 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 happening. You know, it, it's it's out there. I mean, I think I think where there was a group, uh, Fewer Krieg Division, um, was another militant Nazi group, and the guy got arrested. They were planning a bombing, and I think the leader was thirteen when he started the group. Wow, it's like wow, like it's just mad, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it, it's kind of a weird situation because a lot of people, they're like, I feel raped by the screen, but I'm also connecting with people who I've never would have connected with otherwise. Yes, and, yeah. and that's very true. But part of it is like, to me, the biggest solution, if you're trying to be a creative person, is like, how do you take the intermediary step away like in, in my opinion, like if I'm looking just like purely for solutions as somebody who wants to get their creative output out there, but not engage, there has to be a sort of service, I think, where you're like putting something like in between you and that posting and that system of dopamine hits through like the violence of endless positivity. Because the, the problem with social media is that once you see start to see the likes rolling in, it almost like at a certain point, like incurs a feeling of pain, you know, because it really cheapens what you do in a certain way. And so you're like, why am I yeah. paying attention to this? It's, and it almost becomes like, you know, like handing yourself the whip just to whip yourself, you know, under this guise that you somehow have like freedom or autonomy. Uh, but it's, I, I think it couldn't be further from the truth. 
Well, I, I, I think so as well. And it's a kind of um, a simulation of that, you know. Yeah. And, and I think as well that eventually we're going to run out of stuff to look at because everyone will run out of yeah. ideas. There's, there's really something to be said about being bored. You know, you have to be bored. Um, you know, I got a dog and I walk my dog and I always make sure, well, 90% of the time, I make sure to leave my phone at home when I walk my dog. Now, I'm not saying everybody has to do that. Not everybody has the kind of luxury of doing that because, you know, perhaps they might need the phone if somebody comes for them and attacks them or whatever. But just, just for an example, I, I leave my phone at home. And the amount of times an idea has come to me, and I've been like, oh, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And it's when yeah. my brain is not engaged. When your brain is consistently engaged, when you're scrolling, it's still engaged. You're looking, you're looking, you're looking. Now, I'm not saying don't, don't scroll. I've got a lot of ideas as well from scrolling, looking at, oh, I'm inspired by this artist, or there's that graphic designer. I want him for popular front, or, oh, that music's great. Like, you know what I mean? I'll use that on a project. But there has to be a time where you cut it off. Otherwise, you just become brain dead and everything just looks grey in a way. Like you just scroll and you're not inspired by it. It doesn't hit you in the head because you're so used to looking at it. You know, there's a funny thing my friend was talking to me about a while ago, and I brought this up before, but he was saying that um, I think it was like the biggest, the last big Oasis gig in um, in Manchester and in the, in the 90s. And like you look at it and it's and he was like, I don't know if he's right or wrong. Maybe not, actually, because I saw a K-pop thing the other day. It was probably bigger, but, but whatever. He, his point was like, that can never happen again. And he was making I, saw, I thought that saying, same thing watching right. Oasis and he, he was like, we're, we're too connected now. He's like, back then, you had to go to the record shop. You had to buy a magazine to find out about the artist. It was like there was some mystery left to the world. You know what I mean? Maybe a, a big celebrity group is not the best kind of um, example, but you know what I mean? There was some mystery left. Now, I mean, you can find out what like Rihanna eats for breakfast or whatever, like with a click. Right. Like that, that is, it just becomes overflow. Like, and everything just becomes, you know, I, I think there's something to be said for, like, I, I, I'm not a fan of like celebrity culture at all, but there, there's something to be said for like, oh, like there's some mystique to that thing or that thing there. And I don't know everything about it. And oh, it's really interesting. I mean, a weird example is if you look at the Death Grips subreddit, right? So, so yeah. MC Ride specifically from, you know, the band Death Grips, my favorite group. Yeah, he, I love them He's too. just not online, right? Totally. Yeah, amazing, man. Yeah. He, he's just not online. Like he's a mystery. And if you look at the, the Death Grips subreddit, there's so many like theories on who he is, what he's doing. Oh, what did it, and if he does appear online, what does this mean? What does that mean? Yeah. And it creates an incredible it's like burial hype. too. It, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. burial. Yeah. And it, it, ironically, actually, now in these times of like abundance of info, less info actually creates a slower but harder burning mystique to a project. Oh, completely. Which is, you know, eventually they'll, you know, the, the fucking bug man will work out how to monetize that as well and destroy that. But at the moment, you know, it's yeah. kind of, maybe it's cycles. Maybe we just do go in cycles. I don't particularly believe in the whole cycle phenomena, but you know, it's, I don't know. It's worth looking at. I think it's an interesting, I don't know. As someone like kind of bringing it back to the independent creator or whatever stuff, like it's an interesting thing. I think, I don't know. I, I look at things and I think, right, I should probably, you know, like scale that back. Like, for example, when we did our 3D printed gun documentary with Jay Stark, we didn't tell anyone we were doing it, obviously, for like kind of OPSEC reasons, but we we almost finished it and just put the trailer out there. And the trailer was probably the best thing I've ever made. It was people were going, what the fuck is this? Like, what happened? Right. What? And it was like, way I, I took a like conscious effort to make it a little bit mysterious, a little bit like odd, you know what I mean? And I was just like, and kind of not really giving away fully what it was. Not that I'm some kind of fucking artistic genius. Like people have done this a hundred times before me, but I just thought, oh yeah, I'll try and do something a bit different. And it created such a bigger buzz. You know what I mean? Totally. Um, 
to be fair, the story was very unique. So, it, you know, I could do it. But yeah, I, I don't know. You get my point, though. Like, I just think there's not enough mystery left, which, again, feeds back into why people are interested in the occult, you know, totally. and, and stuff like that. Because it has some mystery to it. Endemically, it's a part of what it is. Well, yeah, no, def- I no, I 100% agree with everything that you just said. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to me, though, because on one hand, it's like a lot of this stuff, uh, when you talk about mystery, that's something I think about, like physical objects that are made you know, just basically for their own sake, because the way an object transmits cultural value over the long term is the is because it's basically almost utterly useless. Like it, it doesn't have any sort of like there's no instrumental rationality and in why it's made. That's what makes that's what historically made art really powerful. But then you start to see like NFTs and all of this stuff and you start to like get into the nitty gritty and like the financial incentives and all the stuff with like the whales and, and all of a sudden, like the mystery of the world just starts to like crumble. And I think that the way these cults or this kind of like online network spirituality, it's actually funny because like blade bladey from blade from drain gang, he actually mentioned that term in an interview. He said like something like techno spirituality, on one hand, it presents itself as something that I think creates mystery, but because it's online, it actually reveals itself at a much quicker pace, able to sort of like carry that, the weight, the necessary weight to create these things long-term, which is why what you talked about MC Ride of Death Girls, it's like actually scaling back is what you need to do. And I really fully believe this, a hundred percent because how many people have a fucking podcast but they're so interested in hot take after hot take oh, you know and God, giving yeah, giving yeah. it all away to these mega corporations that are basically just it's like bro you're literally turning yourself into human capital right now like yeah yeah <laughs> uh, yeah there's there's a real lost art of minding your own business you know totally um you know so a few people have kind of messaged me and be like oh you're you're quite politically ambiguous. I don't know what you believe in. And I'm like, it's none of your fucking business. Like, I'm not a political commentator. What the fuck has it got to do with you? And it, what it actually is, is people only really want to support what they 100% agree with, which to me is such a bizarre alien concept. You know, like the worst thing for me, I was joking. I was saying um, like the Virgin, I support popular front versus I don't fully agree with Jake, but I like his stuff. Like, sorry, no, like the, sorry, the, the Chad, like I support popular front versus like Virgin. I don't fully agree with Jake, but like, I see so many people like, I don't fully agree with him, but I like what he's doing. It's like, well, I, I don't ask you to fully agree with me. Like, why do you have to preface everything with like, not everything he believes sticks to me. It, it's not just me. It's like, it happens everywhere. And it's like, can we not just so long? Like, I mean, obviously for me, there's certain things that is like a line in the sand. I don't fuck with like, you know, I'm not going to work with no fucking racists. You know, I'm entirely anti-racist. Right have been my whole life. My whole fucking family are like, it's a thing. Um, you know, I mean, I've got family members that are not even white, <laughs> you know what I mean? Same. So that's just like yeah, my mom. standard, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And it's like, and it's stuff like that. And it's like that, but to me, that's like a given. It should be, but whatever. But other than that, why do you need to know like each ism and schism of what I think to, to appreciate something, you know? Like, I like the popular front community we've built. There was people that are like, yeah, I didn't fucking like that guy at all, but I'm so glad you spoke to him. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, I had a guy in the bonus app the other day 
and he's like he like you know he's a nice enough guy but he's kind of pro iron rand and you know and i just <laughs> said to him like yeah i you know i think iron rand is a is like a, a, a germ like she's disgusting like everything she believed in is fucking horrific to me but it, it, the the pro the thing was not is he an iron rand guy he was he's making a um kind of crowdsourced is just outdated i just don't think her I just think I just hate this idea of like weak apply. shit on the week. Like I just I just that disgusts me. I think help the weak. But um, but 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 the thing is, he was he's making like this kind of crowdsourced armor piercing bullet. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, like yeah. oh, but he's don't talk to. Imagine if I was like, well, I can't talk to him because politics are bad. Or like, and I'm and also that, no, that you there's an arrogance talk to, to that as well. You should yeah. talk to them exactly. <laughs> and th there's an arrogance to that as well because it's basically saying everything I believe in, I believe is superior. Now I have my ideas and I think they're better, but it doesn't mean that I am right above like X, Y, Z. It's okay to learn from other people still. And I think you shut yourself off from learning if you just go everything I think is definitely um moral and above everything else and it's like ugh, all right like the maddest thing i saw actually on twitter was a really good example of this actually going go to the extreme degree of it um where people were saying that they shouldn't give disaster relief to where was it like illinois or kentucky um, uh, because the tornado. it's a red because of it's like a red state or something because like it's that. a red state yeah, like ah, they voted for it like insane it's yeah. it, to me that's that psychopathy you know that's totally. just so so sad and so nasty and i think a lot of this hyper radical political stuff is just bullies finding an outlet to carry on bullying people but they've been told it's okay now because they're you know on the right side of whatever is deemed the correct opinion right. and it's not it's a bipartisan issue I, I i a lot of yeah you know as someone that you know does come from a leftist perspective uh, I think it's very easy for me, and I have done bash the left a lot because of this, particularly the American left. But actually, it's 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 exactly the same on the other side. I just don't pay attention to them because I'm not interested at all. But you know, I'm more interested in people less than the side of things. I'm kind of contradicting myself now, but I'm less interested in which side, which side. Just who's got cool ideas, who's got interesting ideas. That's what I'm interested in now. You know, and there there needs to be a more transgressive element to like media and creating because it's just getting so boring now like everyone's a fucking cop you know a thought cop or whatever it's just like oh just tired of it man it makes you tired out a lot of it is that you know people on both the left and the right they still have a very 20th century perspective on on things and mm. so they yeah, have we're, a, in, a, we're so, in a completely new realm. Yeah, we're in a completely oh, new realm. No, you realm. and me. I mean, I mean life. <laughs> life. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No. We're above. Like, no, I don't mean that. But like no, life no, has I, evolved past that. Yeah. And, and so I think part of that is because on an anthropocentric level, like we're not, we're clearly not sort of like the main historical force anymore in the same way that people, I think, Marxists and conservatives thought in the 20, in the 20th century. So I think you have all these ideologies that people have really grasped onto and they're like really set in their way. Like, you know, Hum, like the human is a stationary concept, right? It, that's something you see on like the right. And then on the left, it's like, no, Prometheanism and progressivism is, is inherently good. You know, it's the, it's mm -hmm. what makes meaning for man. And we're starting to see like, well, maybe that's not actually how it is. Maybe, you know, and, and, and I think that when people relapse to these old narratives, they obfuscate these systems in place that are fully authoritarian, that are fully actually engaging. Like, like this isn't a dialectical concept, right? Like there are things 
in the world that we fucking use, that we hold in our hands, that are completely destroying our psychological states. And we're yeah, trying that, to... That's uh, scientific. Yeah, it's, it's been proven. Sci- yeah, it's yeah. been proven. And so why are we rehashing these narratives? Like, we have to get beyond all of this Yeah, to figure out what's going on. I think as well, on, though, yeah. I, th- I agree. And I think, like, conversations like this are, like, really interesting and good to have. But I think as well, like, like uh, whilst having these conversations... Um, you know, like we have to check ourselves as well. Like anybody in, yeah. in, interested in being like uh, interested in kind of expanding whatever the conversation is like, you have to check yourself uh, because you just become like this boring windbag otherwise. And I think unfortunately a lot of that discourse, you know, whilst it's interesting, it eventually turns into like this niche. Oh, I'm so smart type shit. You know, like I'm, I'm almost boring myself talking about this now because I'm like, <laughs> I never want to come across as that guy that's like, I've got it figured yeah, out, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Which unfortunately a lot of these spaces uh, end up like, you know, um, kind of, they end up a victim of that because because it does. Well, when again, they have it, to refer it, it, back to the fact that, look, I'm right and you're wrong or something. Like yeah, that, that, exactly. That you kind you of perpetrating what you're yeah. trying to get away from, yeah, yeah. you know, like my group's the smart one now. Like, I'm not saying that, like, fuck it, man. I know a lot of people listen to me. And they're like, there's a lot of people in my space as well in conflict reporting that are, you know, inherently liberal, which is fine. And they just find me, they think I'm childish. They think I'm pathetic because I don't, you know, agree with what they agree with. And that's fine. Like, I I don't really, that's okay. You know, I don't mind. I'm like, fine, let them think that. But, you know, it's like, oh, what? Yeah, yeah, what? You don't think NATO is great? Well, no, not really. (laughs) Like, I think I find the idea that thinking like NATO has a moral like compass is insane or like the eu i mean the eu right now in, in england it, brexit became crazy you know there were pro eu people literally wearing eu flags now i i voted in just because i was like better the devil you know but it's like this is not a moral organization they they you know they basically assist with the slave trade in libya they spent billions on fortress europe to basically stop migrants you know getting here it's why they get tipped up in a boat in the sea and drown so to them act like the eu is like a moral country almost it just seems so weird to me but if i go on like this people are like oh boring here we go again you know what i mean it's like yeah that's fine i get it like yeah i think you have to be you know you have to accept that some people just it just it's gonna be boring for them and it's fine yeah it's like what i find boring from their end is boring to me as well so i think when you both recognize that it's just a lot easier to get on and have a conversation about it rather than trying to be i'm the right one and you're the wrong one you know what i mean right we all have our our own ideas you know yeah i mean recently i got caught up a little bit in that where i was like I was right about this crypto thing. Look, you know, the CIA and, and you know, it's like, yeah. it's hard because it makes me feel bad. Like I'm conscious enough to know that when I do that, especially online, it's like there is a terrible feeling, even though it's like you're trying to communicate a, a point across, but the way that you have to emphasize your own correctness is sort of like, it's a feature, not a bug, right? Like yeah, this is, yeah, and, yeah. and and, you know, it's like, even though I'm consciously aware that I'm doing it, it still feels fucking awful to me. Like, it feels like literally terrible. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree. I had a thing with, like, there's certain things now, as, as I've got older and hopefully a little bit more mature, there are things that I just kind of, I just decide, right, I'm not going to talk about it. Like COVID, I'm just not talking about it to anybody. If I've got friends, they talk about it, I say, you know what, mate, I really, I don't want to talk about it. It's boring. Everybody's obsessed with it 
let, for the sake of our friendship, let's just not talk about it because people are not. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm no fucking COVID conspiracy theorist or or anything like that. I just don't want to talk about it. You know what I mean? Um, the the NFTs is a weird one. I, I look, I'm not like I, I think I would never buy one. Put it that way. You know, I just don't get it. It's it's like what? But I, I saw a lot of people are kind of creating their whole personality around hating NFTs online. And I was reading a thing the other day. There was this young black artist, and she made like I think like three hundred grand on NFTs, and she had I like no money fine. before. Yeah, that. that's great. That's fine. That's fine. And people are like, well, the environment. Yeah, I get it. It takes a lot of environment. But instead of fucking getting mad about some like unknown woman, of people aren't getting mad at her directly, but you know the whole NFT thing they're mad at. It's like instead of focusing all your anger and attention on that, maybe focus it on like shell oil you know what i mean or something like that which are doing way more damage um it's it's again it's the right the right wingers did it when they got mad at greta like oh Greta, she's saying and i was like why don't you just like leave her alone like i i think a lot of what she said was great i didn't like perhaps the way she was so cozy to like politicians but i understood why she had to do that and she's actually kind of come out the other side of it you can see her getting radicalized by the day it's fascinating but it's yeah. like just leave her alone. Like focus your energy on something else. Like it, it, it's just, I think some people, it's just like, just, just mind your own business sometimes, you know? It's hard to mind your own business though. I mean, it, it, like that's yeah, a thing for me. Talk, like yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it's really, really hard, especially for me because I, I wouldn't say I'm a COVID conspiracy theorist, but I definitely am against the idea of biopolitics in general. Like I don't believe. Yeah. In. Yeah. Same. I, I'm, I'm just fully anti-biopolitics. It just goes back to like, basic Foucault stuff to, to me, but I just believe personally that people should have the freedom of the, over their own sort of, you know, they should have medical autonomy, whether they, it's like, I, get I the vaccine if you sad. want, get it, get, don't get it <laughs> right, if you don't right, want, right, like, that's right. my whole thing, basically. And, and the sort of way in which I think it's, it's really difficult when, it, when I start to see this like creeping authoritarianism come in for me to not just go like full blown Alex Jones, because at the end of the day, like it's not a strong man who's doing it. Like authoritarianism isn't coming. It's not top down anymore. Like it's basically like they blew the roof off the factory and and it's oh, yeah, to yeah. me, if you're going to have a political commitment, not as somebody who's like not on the front lines of fucking war conflict like you, it's about identifying these new forms of authority and and, yeah, and explaining yeah. them to people in a way that they may not fully understand yet. Not to say that they're not capable, because I believe people are very, very capable. And it's like I wrote this essay recently where I talked about um the the sort of like obsession with racism and whether people want to go back and reclaim racism of the 20th century or whether they want to talk about it from like the left wing liberal perspective it obfuscates the kind of racism that's being happened from technology onto human beings itself and i think that there is a kind of there's a kind of inherent speciesism and this honestly man it just came for me watching this Jacques Derrida lecture from 2003 and people say oh well, that's pedantic and that's pretentious it's like but that gave me you know it totally makes sense to me that 
there's these new forms of racism, there's these new authoritarianisms that are happening and people are so locked within the binary of these systems. You like there has to be an emphasis on this being a psychological disposition that people can choose to opt out of if they're aware yeah. that it's <laughs> alienating them. So I do think raising consciousness, not consciousness, but raising a bit of awareness on that front is really, really important. I agree, <clears throat> but I think it's got to be not preachy. You know totally. what I mean? Then it's That's just very like hard else. to do that. Yeah, very. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I agree though. There there are new. Like, I mean, in my country right now, Britain. Um, I'm not someone that like you know. I obviously Hanrahan, my family are Irish. I'm certainly not like uh, a monarchist or anything like that. But I don't hate my country. You know, I know that like it was very popular for quite a while to be on the left and despise your own country. I hate the state and I cannot stand the monarchy and I don't like the systems we have, but. But for me and a lot of people, not just white people at all by any means, being British doesn't just mean being, it's, it's not like queen and country and all that fucking bullshit. It's just being, yeah. you know, having the same culture as your neighbours, whatever colour they are, wherever they're from, it's looking out for your community. And there really is a problem with kind of like, you can't just, you're not going to build anything constructive from shame and stuff like that. You have to build something more, kind of um, be aware of all the badness, but also be like, well, I don't represent. Have, have like a kind of civic patriotism because that's what right, binds right. you to other people. But but exactly, exactly that. And there's this thing of now as well, I'm noticing it with, you know, specifically friends of mine and people in my family that are not white, that are like, why is there, you know, they're not even political, but they're kind of saying, they're kind of realizing like, why is this random white activist person on the telly speaking for me as a black man from the midlands who works you know 40 hours a week in a warehouse like they're like i don't what like there's this idea that like this kind of activism and this left activism always represents the people that they think they're representing and i think often they're so far detached from you know the reality i saw a lot of that with corbynism you know and and i voted for him i read his i didn't like him as a person particular, I didn't seem to be that strong of a leader, but I read his manifesto and there's a lot of it that I agree with. And I was like, okay. But the problem, I think a lot of it was, there was a very kind of protesty kind of um, cosmopolitan lefty vibe to a lot of the aura of it. And it literally does come down to something as simple as that. And I know a lot of people that, you know, would would have bet that would have benefited from his policies that just look took one look at it. I had a friend of mine, and I remember, and he, again, he's not white; he's half Afghan. My friend, a very close friend of mine, he looked at, he went, "What does that? What does that represent for me?" He was like, "That doesn't." Say, he didn't say he was like, "That doesn't say anything to me." You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, yeah, I, you know, I know this kid. He, he's like an apprentice leather worker. He works his fucking ass off, and then he looks at Navara or like you know someone on Ash Sarkar on morning TV, firstly, why are they even talking to Piers Morgan? The guy's a cunt. And then secondly, going, I'm a bloody communist. And everyone going, yeah, brilliant. That's so funny. And tweeting it. My mate's like, what the fuck is that? Like, he doesn't even know what a communist is. Like, he's just like, that speaks, that doesn't say anything to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. My point is, I think the wrong points were emphasized and it's all it comes down to. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with middle-class people. I'm not like classist. I don't hate rich people. Um, but from the community I'm from and the background I'm from, a lot of them have a very big disconnect from them. And they just go, well, everybody's racist. That's why. And it's like, no, that's often not why. Like, sure, you have all these fucking idiots that are right wing and they, you know, we have the problem with them, the, the ones I've just mentioned. Then we have the other problem, like with these fucking, everything is the immigrants fault. They're as dumb as anybody. Like, it's like, no, it's not. 
but they all need talking to. Everybody needs to be fucking brought up on the same page. Otherwise, we just end up battling each other. Now we're in a state where, you know, we have the Tories and we have Boris Johnson and, and Britain is... is well, he's horrible. He's horrible. And Britain is passing insane. And I'm not saying it's likely like insane authoritarian laws right now. The police crime sentencing and courts bill is basically going to make protesting illegal at the whim of the police. They can disrupt a peaceful planned protest by saying it's too loud. And I've read through the legislation. There is no decibel, no measurement of what too loud is. So the police can just go too loud. Everyone arrested. It's insane. Yeah. And no one gives a fuck. Everybody is just arguing. The radicals did barely anything. Like it's just the country's docile, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar situation here. I, I got a ton of shit. Um, you know, I used to consider myself to be somewhat of a Marxist, right? But I, I made mm. a lot of arguments that were basically like, no, what you don't understand is Trump is actually to the left of Joe Biden. Like a hundred percent on some things, definitely on on, yeah, yeah. on, on some things, especially I mean, fuck him, but it's just uh, especially how it economically. I was like, and and it's all turning out to be true, basically. I mean, and it's I like think you specifically see, the anti-war stuff as well, right? Well, well, at a specific, well, that's another big one, but on, on economics, it's like you know you see these reports come out, and it's like Joe Biden cuts unemployment by seventy percent, and it's like, well, yeah, because you cut unemployment and. You, you cut welfare 70%. So obviously, you know what I mean? So it's like this constant yeah. obfuscation and optics that people are trying to, which is why I said it's like, you have to start to identify the way in which these things, they don't look neat and tidy and like they were sanitized in academia and start to identify the things where they're actually beneficial to what you want. <clears throat> and, and obviously there's a give and take because, you know, every politician is fucked in some way or another. I really believe that. Like, I'm not saying that it's just because of the system that they inhabit is is so predicated on this thing because it's like, it's a competition, right? And it's an abstract competition where you have one person who's trying to win over something. So obviously there's going to be talking out of both sides of your mouth on occasion, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's very, I, I'm... It's very narcissistic as well. Like, if you 100%. want to be the prime minister yeah, yeah. or leader, you, you yeah. basically believe... I can do this better than anybody else in this whole country, right. which is, yeah, I get it. But, you know, which is why I think a, a lot of problems come with building states as a, in general. Um, you know, I just think that is always going to come into it. And when someone has, the, no matter what their intentions are, when they have that level of, they think they're always right, you know, it's, it's inevitably going to go some way. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's the problem is, <laughs> is that people assume that they're always right. And that is a mm. really... I think that's really dangerous because it also assumes that we know everything, right? Like that we, yeah. that, yeah. that, you know, these, that the way technology unfolds, it's like a lot of this stuff that we invent, right? We have no knowledge of what happens. It's like, sure, we might know what happens in, in point A, but do we know, we, we might even know, be able to anticipate point B, but C, D, E, F, it's like, yeah, we just don't know that. You know, it's impossible for us to know what's going to happen and these and it's speeding up. And so it's like this constant task we have to keep identifying how where this shit is going to go. Yeah. I, I think as well though that it it's it's okay to I mean, tell me your thoughts on this. I don't know. Like I've been accused of being nihilistic because of this, but same. I I, I think yeah, yeah. I think it's okay to just be like, look, I don't know. People got people say, you know, I have like um because I've got friends that are not 
uh, I'd say like 90% of my friends are quite, you know, if you ask them politically, they'd be like left, you know what I mean? Like, but kind of vaguely, you know what I mean? Like not like hammered down to anything specific. They just, you know, I, I think, you know, I don't think that, um, I just think the poorest people, homeless people, for example, should absolutely be looked after. We should help them. I think equality of race is very important, blah, blah. And I think generally a lot of people, when you lay it out like that, do do think that. Maybe I'm me and I, but a lot of people, I guess that I associate with anyway, they're just like, yeah, like, I guess, yeah, sure. Like, I think that left, but they're not like hammered down to it. So I, I can have these conversations with them, but then sometimes you get someone that's real heated and they've got their ideas. Well, what, what would you do then? How would you do things? And I, I sometimes I'm like, look, I don't know. <laughs> and I think it's okay to be like, I don't know. I'm just having this conversation because it can be interesting for us. We don't need to get angry. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah. yeah, you're fucking nihilist. You don't know. What would you let it go to all this? And it's like, well, the way I want to live, which, you know, I don't know if you if you put a gun to my head, it's more of a, I guess, a left libertarian idea of living. But the way I would rather live, I'm not saying that's going to work for everybody. I don't want a world revolution. I think I think utopia would be incredibly a boring, artless place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, that sounds harsh, but I don't know. I just I'm just saying it's OK to be like, I don't really know. But we can just have this conversation. You know, you don't need to be cancelled out of the neck for it. You don't need to be you know, oh, this person's an idiot, which again, this is something I need to do as well because I can be really dismissive of people and I think I need to stop doing that. I think the point is we all have to be a little bit self-critical and relax. Just relax. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, we're all yeah, in yeah. this. Yeah. It's all a bit mad and let's relax and talk and it's cool. But unfortunately, you can't really do that online, which is why I yeah. try not to argue or talk politics online. I really try not to, apart from like general snarky comment or if I'm feeling like I want to be an asshole or whatever. Sometimes yeah. I say things just because I know it will like rub people up the wrong way, which is childish, but whatever. But at the same time, it's like, look, these conversations are better off had um, in these platforms or in person or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. Because I just think even there's people I see right online, like they'll go on this mad cancelling spree or they they seem full of hate. And then I've met them and, I, and they're kind of all right. You know, they're generally yeah. OK and they would never actually do that in real life. And I think, you know, what, you're OK. Just this this element of Twitter has probably brought out the worst side of you, which has done with me as well a lot of yeah. times, you know. And unfortunately, we dismiss a lot of people. I block loads of people because if they're like chatting shit, I'm like, right, fuck, I'm not arguing to save my time. I got work to do, block, gone, by. I don't argue online. But yeah. maybe that's the wrong thing, you know. Not, not that I, th I think arguing online is, is always pointless. Like 99.9% .9 of the time is a waste of your time. Like, what's that guy, Glenn Greenwald? <laughs> he just is such an embarrassment to me. I just think you embarrass, you're a grown adult and he will like, He'll have a, well, it's a, a hard because he makes with a 200 person account. Like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the problem with him is like he he it's not that he doesn't make some good points. It's the fact that he has this like there's this jouissance that he gets from like asserting his own correctness that I find yeah, incredibly so uh, exactly. <laughs> so it's like you kind of negate the fact that you have good points by going on these. I mean, you see it with like. God, it's like a lot of the people on the post left are really like this. And it's like you could communicate more if you just took an interest in art and aesthetics and yes. and started using that to speak for you than having these like discursive arguments and throwing up who's everywhere and just doing this stupid shit. I, I just personally, it's like it's like as somebody who you could probably say is most low, like you could locate most to being like post left if I had to be anything. I would say post left, right? I'm just post political in any yeah, sort post of post everything. Post I say. every, <laughs> just po literally, just, to just piss post, people off. I say that. Sometimes. Yeah, I'm just yeah. post everything.